Perak Bey's Mishnah Hay. In this Mishnah, until the end of the Mesechta, the Mishnah discusses the topic of Tumah Vitara, the laws of ritual impurity. And it makes sense that the Mishnah would have a discussion of Tumah Vitara in this Mesechta, because a lot of the rules of Tumah Vitara are relevant to the handling of Kachim, of the Karbanos, of Truma, of Meister Shani, and this came up very much on the festivals people would come to bring their kavanas in the base of Migdash. And so this is a time that it's particularly relevant to be aware of the various halachas to make sure that one is handling his various Kodesh items properly and protecting his holy items from ritual impurity. And the discussion with this, your first mission on the topic, begins with the discussion of a law of ritual impurity that was enacted by the Rabbanon. And that is the concept of Thomas Yadayim the notion of ritual impurity being localized to the hands. On the biblical level, there's no such thing. On the biblical level, either one's entire body is Tameh, or he's not Tameh at all. The Rabbana decreed that in certain situations, a person's hands may be considered ritually impure. There's the case of a person who handles a Tameh food or liquids, or a person who directly touches Kisvei Kodesh, your holy writings, it's written on parchment like a Sefer Torah. Specifically, the Rabbanan said that until a person does what he has to do to rid his hands of that Tumah, they're considered Shniyos, they're considered Tame on the level of Shani. That is, the Rabbanan considered it as if something that touched the actual source of Tumah, like a dead Sheretz, so that thing then touched the hands, it transferred Tumah to it, so you're two steps away from the source of the Tumah. And practically speaking, this means that the person will be forbidden from handling a truma, or a carbon. If he would, he would disqualify them. In addition, the Rabbanon enacted the idea of stam yadayim, which means that essentially by default, one must consider his hands as shniyos latuma, even if he has no knowledge specifically of doing anything, coming to contact with his hands with something that would actually make them tameh. But the Rabbanon recognized the fact that person is always absentmindedly moving his hands around, touching things, and thus he may have touched something foul or sweaty without knowing it, and then he might touch the trumer kachim, which would not be appropriate. It might make the trumer kachim repulsive. So the Rabbanan said that you know, unless a person specifically knows, you know, he's been paying attention to his hands, then he has to consider them as a ritually impure as shniyos. And thus in practice, he will have to purify his hands before he handles something like truma or a piece of a carbon. Now, as far as the practical halacha nowadays, seemingly not much of this would be relevant. For you know, today, there are no karbanos, the kohanim can't have truma because everybody's presumed to be in a state of tumas mace. But in fact, there is a kind of an offshoot rabbinic enactment which is relevant today, and that is the halachic obligation to wash the hands before eating a meal of bread. That is, you're assuming a person wasn't sitting there washing his hands since the last time he washed them. So they're, you know, stam yadayim. Allah says that before eating bread, regular bread, it's not truma, it's chulin. A person must wash his hands to thereby change them from you know, default rabbinically impure hands to rabbinically pure hands. The word brachis cites one reason for this halacha. And that is that it stems from a general requirement to conduct oneself in a manner of cleanliness and holiness. But there's a second reason for the enactment, 
and that is to continue the practice of washing the hands before having bread. So this should serve as a reminder for the Kohanim that hopefully speedily in our days when the base of Mignus is rebuilt and we have the Mechatas, the Parduma waters again, so the Kohanim could become pure and have the Truma again, it will be ingrained in the national psyche, the idea of washing the hands before bread. This will you know, keep the Kohanim in the practice of washing their Stam Yedayim before they have Truma, which primarily is you know, bread, it's from Dagon, wheat. Now really the Kohanim have to wash their hands, purify the Yatum of Stam Yedayim before even touching the Truma. Rabban didn't go that far as far as this uh, reminder Takana to say that even non-Kohanim have to wash their hands before touching bread. They deemed it sufficient to enact that if one is going to sit down to have an actual meal of bread, then he has to rid his hands of the Tumah of Stam Yedayim. And the way he does that, as our Mishra will state, is he washes them, he pours from a cup holding a revius of water over the hands. Or he could immerse them in the mikvah, that's even better. So in brief, there's such a thing as Rabbinic Tumah that could apply to the hands specifically, whether that's from a known source or based on the fact that he was not aware what his hands have been doing for the past little while, our Mishnah teaches how one goes about puring his hands of that rabbinic Tumah. And the Mishnah teaches that this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. Rather, depending on what a person would like to handle, that will determine what he has to do to properly purify the hands before handling that food, as we would expect. The strictness of the you know, standard as far as what he has to do to purify the hands is commensurate with the holiness of the food he wants to handle. The holier that food is, the more he's going to have to do, the more effective kind of a purification method he will have to employ to purify the hands. Misha begins and says, We wash our hands, meaning pour water from a cup that holds a revius of water. We pour water over the hands to purify them in order to eat bread that either is chulin, is you know, not holy at all, or even if it's Meiser Shani, it's bread and made it a produce that is from the second tithe that one has to take and eat in Yerushalayim, so that has a bit of holiness. But washing the hands is good enough to prepare them for eating that kind of produce. And as far as if one would like to handle truma, washing the hands is sufficient for that. Again, Assuming, let's say, he wasn't aware what his hands have been doing, so they're shneos, they have to be considered as sheni latoma, and therefore he can't even touch truma until he purifies them. How does he purify them? He pours water on them from a cup holding a revius of water. The mission continues, ule kodesh, but as regards a person who would like to partake of a piece of carbon, you have your meat from karbonos that a person could eat, let's say meat from a shlamim, or a kohen could have meat from a chatas or an asham, before one may do that, matbilin. We must immerse the hands in a proper mikvah of 40 sats. Not enough just to pour water from a cup of revius on the hands. Rather, a more powerful method must be used. We must immerse them in a mikvah. The Mishnah says that there's an even holier item. That is ulachatas for handling chatas, which in this context refers to the mechatas, the paraduma waters. They're mixed with the ashes of the red cow that are used to purify a person of Thomas Mace. The Mishnah rules, If one is aware that he touched something, let's say uh, food or drink that's Tameh, or he touched a, a Sefer Torah directly, 
said he knows his hands became shniyos, became rabbinically tame on the level of sheni latoma. The Rabbanon enacted even greater stringency in this case to say that nitzmagufo, he has to consider his entire body as tame, and therefore that impurity will not be removed until he immerses his entire body in a mikvah. If it's a case where he's just unaware, he doesn't know one way or the other, he wasn't paying attention to his hands, so it's stam yudayim, then immersing them in a mikvah will be enough, even for the mechatas, but if he's specifically aware that his hands became rabbinically tame, became shniyos, that before he can handle the Parduma waters, he has to immerse his entire body in a mikvah. So we see this you know, hierarchy of the Milos, how as you go up the ladder of holier and holier items, Rabbanan enacted you know, correspondingly, increasingly stringent Takana in terms of what one has to do to purify his hands of Rabbinic Tumma before handling or certainly eating that item.